Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team you are listening to the fly the w670 podcast it's season two it's episode 78 the cubs summer of 23 don't forget to listen download review and most importantly subscribe to the podcast follow us on the socials that's twitter instagram and of course on facebook or email us at fly the w670 at gmail.com well crowley last week we uh earlier in the week we took a look at the early portion of the cubs season it wasn't terrible but it wasn't great now let's move into the summer months. Yeah, a little summer loving with the Cubs. Um, you know, when we were looking at the beginning of the Cubs roller coaster season in the last podcast, we talked about the Cubs' slow start. Uh, Cubs' record in March and April was 14 and 13, but in May they went 10 and 18, seven games below 500 and five games out of first place. The one thing we constantly talked about is that, you know, nobody was running away with the division and, and, and really nobody ever did. Uh, the Cubs started out June on a West Coast trip that saw them split a four-game series with the Padres. But, Dustin, a real turning point moment came when they were swept in a three-game series against the struggling Angels. That sweep saw the Cubs fall to 10 games under 507.5 games back in the division. And and if you remember, we, we had a podcast 10 games under. I mean, that is usually a big blinking red sign for a team. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, that's not a stat that usually works in your favor, that's for sure. Now, before the next series with the Giants, Ross called a team meeting and had Jan Gomes and Dansby Swanson speak as well and talked to the team, said there was plenty of time to turn it around. Dustin, I don't know what was said exactly, but it worked as the Cubs took two or three from the Giants with Kyle Hendricks nearly throwing a no-hitter, then headed home to sweep the Pirates. They took two of three from what was the best team in baseball at the time, the Orioles, before heading to Pittsburgh to sweep the Pirates again. So the Cubs, after falling 10 games under, had won four series in a row. But then they headed to London. And, and, and Dustin, you remember, we were worried because the Cubs were rolling. And then all of a sudden, we were worried that this might affect the Cubs as they were hot. And I think that the London series was a blast for a lot of people. I didn't go. You didn't go. But it looked like fun. People said it was a great experience. It looked like the players enjoyed it. But for the Cubs team, it was kind of a – a mixed bag. The, the Justin Steele and the Cubs pounded the Cardinals nine to one in the first game, but in the second game, it looked like it was going to be more of the same. The Cubs jumped out to an early four nothing lead with Marcus Stroman on the mound, but a critical error at first base by Trey Mancini, and then Stroman dealing with a finger blister and getting pulled early saw the Cubs drop this one seven to five. Dustin, I don't know if the Cubs were jet lagged coming back from London, but they got swept by the Oof. Phillies to end the month. They were but something. The Cubs, they were something coming back. 
Yeah, well, you know, the Phillies beat them up pretty bad most of the season. They only got one, I think, out of the whole uh, series all year. But the Cubs finished June with a 14-11 and 11 record, which was a lot better than what they did to May, you know? Now, the Cubs started out July losing two of three to the Guardians, but then they headed up to Milwaukee for the week of the 4th of July, and there were definitely fireworks there, Dustin. The team split two games, but each game was decided in the eighth or ninth inning. Yep. The Cubs lost game one, eight to six. They won game two in extras, seven to six, and were down in game three, three to one before scoring three runs off closer Devin Williams. I was there. And uh, they won that game four to three, but then they dropped the finale four to three. And with that loss, Dustin, Milwaukee, the Cubs fell a season high eight games out of first place. The Cubs would end the first half of the season taking two of three from Yankees with Jamison Tyone having one of his best starts. And that's kind of, Dustin, I think where he really started to turn the season around from just such a dismal first couple of months to that that series in New York kind of turned things around, you know? Yeah, he got much better at that point. It was uh, the timing couldn't have been better for him to finally figure things out. Right. The Cubs had three representatives named to the all-star team, Justin Steele, Marcus Stroman, and Dansby Swanson. But Stroman and Swanson decided to recover from injuries and not even show up. Justin was the only Cub in Seattle, and he pitched a scoreless inning. So that was kind of cool, his first all-star game. And it was great to see him and his family out there enjoying it. It was, uh, uh, you know, like I said, with Justin and, and the season he had, going, you know, someone that was drafted in 2014, finally kind of breaking through in 2023, it was a great story for the Cubs. Hopefully the first of many, Crowley. Uh, absolutely. Now, um, as the Cubs began to start their second half, they were seven games out of first place with 17 games to go before the trade deadline. The Cubs had two pieces that they could clip, uh, flip for a good return. Marcus Stroman was being discussed as a possible starter for the All-Star game before the blister issue in London, and Cody Bellinger was beginning to look like the former MVP he was with the Dodgers. July was Cody's best month of the season. He was slashing 400, 432, 690 slug with eight home runs and 24 RBIs. And Dustin, this was kind of interesting because a lot is starting to, you know, more and more people are starting to talk that Dansby was begging Jed not to break up the team, right? And and, and Jed kind of joked about it in the press conference that they were going to give him an office in the, in the uh, building, the, uh, the office building right next to Wrigley field at Gallagher, right next to Gallagher way. But uh, you know, that's kind of interesting that the superstar was telling the GM not to break or the president of business, uh, baseball ops, not to break up the team, but yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the, the star player who's inside that clubhouse every day, who has a real feel right on the inside of that team to at least express an opinion. Now I'm not saying Jed has to um, take his opinion at heart, but I have no problem with Dansby Swanson making his feelings known. Absolutely. And, and and we've talked about that in many years in the Chicago sports is, is, you know, is you hope that your leader is also a guy that's going to recruit a guy that's going to talk to the manager, be honest. And, and, and again, he saw something and wanted them to push, but regardless of what he was pushing, this wasn't going to be up to what Dansby wanted. This was how the t- Cubs were going to perform in those 17 games before the trade deadline on August 1st. Uh, didn't start out good. Dustin, the Cubs lost two of three from Boston but then they took three or four from the Cardinals at Wrigley. They uh, went over to the south side of Chicago and swept the White Sox at Sox Park. But it was the second game of the series. 
Dustin, the Cubs were down seven to two after four before scoring six runs in the top of the fifth to go on and win the game 10 to seven. Say a Suzuki would make a huge catch to prevent uh, the White Sox from coming back. It looked like it might've been a grand slam. And he made what we thought at the time was his best catch uh, of, of his Cubs career. And so that was a huge play. Then the Cubs would go on to St. Louis and take three of four from the Cardinals. In game two of the series, the Cubs were up three to two in the ninth, two out. Wilson Contreras at third. Alex Burlinson hits what looks like a, is a game-winning home run. But Mike Talkman, who came in as a defensive replacement in the ninth, robbed the game winner from Burleson, and the Cubs would win that. They would finish July, Dustin, with a record of 15 and 13. They were 10 games below 500, but after July, their record was 53 and 53, five games back from the Brewers. That was just that. I mean, I know it wasn't the best teams in the world, Dustin. Hey, but you got to beat who's in front run. of you. You got to beat who's in front of you. That's the only thing you can do. You have to play who the schedule makers say it's time to play when it's time to play them. And I love and was, that. That was the talk off, right? They called that one the talk off. Right. And, and, and again, you're playing that game with a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? You know, if you're losing these games, then that team is going to be broken up. I mean, they, you know, I don't know if they were playing for David Ross as much as I think that they were playing for each other. You know what I mean? Probably a little bit of both. Probably a little Maybe. bit of both. Now, I mean, we, we can kind of look and ask ourselves, you know, what caused the Cubs to start to turn their season around no doubt one of the reasons was was Justin Steele was turning into an ace and a legit Cy Young contender. 2022, you know, second half, he really looked impressive. And, uh, you know, I got to see him out in Arizona and Mesa, and he was at Club 400. He was uh, a guest that we had, I think, after the first week of the season. And, you know, we talked about it. You know, he was hungry to do, to prove that that was not a fluke, that the end of 2022 is not a fluke. And so he just continued to roll. And we talked about Cody Bellinger having his best month in July, MVP candidate. The other thing, though, that really comes out of this is when Bellinger gets injured in May, that was making a, an impressive catch in Houston. Mike Talkman was called up. Okay, So he was not on the team in uh, April or May until that injury occurs. And he didn't do much in the second half of May and June. But in July, Dustin, he slashed 273, 341, 468 with three home runs, 18 RBIs, and solid defense. It was it was by far the best, most productive month he had of the year, which is when the Cubs needed it the most. And once, once Talkman comes into that role, Bellinger's moved to first, where the Cubs had no production again. I mean, just absolutely haunted ever since Rizzo has left in that position. And by having Talkman and being able to move him into first place, you were able to have good production in the month of July in center field and an MVP type uh, production in at first base. So you kind of feel, you know, it really helped out a lot when, when he made that move and the way he played in the month of July. Yeah, he was absolutely huge. That's a big question is can Mike Talkman duplicate that, right? That's a huge question. Another huge question is, how are the Cubs going to solve their problems at the corner infield spots? First base is an issue. Third base is an issue. Right. And, and, and when we talk about Talkman, uh, you know, I, I, if you look at his numbers season by season, everyone remembers how awesome he was in July. May and June were meh. They weren't that great. And, and, and August and September weren't that much better. It really was July that he made his, his role. So, 
I think the other final thing about the first two months of the season is, or I'm sorry, the middle two months of the season is that the bullpen finally seemed to settle into their roles. You remember there was just, it didn't seem like anybody was going to kind of, you know, grab any kind of role. Like the spots were just kind of always just, everything was by committee. You never knew who was going to come out of that pen. And it was really in the summer when you start to see Adbert Alzali pitching as the closer, Mark Leiter as the setup, and then either Merriweather or Fulmer in six or seven. So watching those guys settle into that role was absolutely huge. And, you know, I, I think that when you talk about, and we'll have this conversation, you know, guys that really had the biggest impact on the season, Adbert Alzali's name has got to be mentioned. You know, absolutely. He was the guy that uh, grabbed a hold of that closer job. We've talked about it many times on the podcast about Tommy Hotovy saying that they were okay with their pen coming out of camp, but what they didn't know is who was going to close games. And he was desperate to have a guy want to take that job by the throat, if you will. And Albert Alzali absolutely did that. And, and again, I mean, I mean, take a look at you. You had Alzali, who was you know a guy that was coming back from injuries. Uh, you had Mark Leiter, who was let go of the team at the beginning of the season. They re-signed him. Nobody wanted him. And then when you talk about Merriweather, that was kind of a gamble. You know, Fulmer was a guy you weren't sure what you had. He had some good seasons in the past. So it, to me, it really was kind of a dice roll with this bullpen. And for a while, it worked out before injuries are going to start to rear their head in September, uh, which we'll talk about next time, August and September on the next podcast.